0: It's time for Gardening Talk Back with David Peterson from Wallsend End Community Nursery. And um, David sitting opposite me at the moment um, for the very last time this year, David, is it?
1: For me, it is, yes, you, Phil, yep. yes. But you've got one more program. That's to go, right. You're yes. off on holidays. I am, yes. Uh, and, tomorrow morning, yes. And David
0: Pondman in. Yeah, next he'll be Monday? in
1: next Monday to fill in for me for that very last program.
0: Right, but well, I'm sure you're going to have a busy program for your last one for, hope the, so. uh, for the year. 49216216 is our number. If you've got any gardening questions, at all, David is the man to answer them 49216216 Well, uh, David, you've brought in some wonderful things here Once again, a very festive plant It is And uh, lots of goodies Christmas Santa sack you've got here <laughs> Full of wonderful things to give away to the gardener And uh, of course everybody too who rings up today Goes in the brand new list for two new RFMs gardening walkback, and um, what we're going to do, David, I think for. Um the two remaining programs for December and the program that's at the end of January, put them all together and we'll draw them at the end okay, of January. Okay, sounds good, Phil. Okay, that's a plan. Okay. Okay, so if you ring up today, give Diane all your details and you'll go in the draw to have David come around to your place and have a bit of a squeeze at your garden and give you some one-on-one advice right then and there. And uh, one lucky person will be drawn out of the uh, the 2 RFm barrel. On, um, I think it's Monday the 30th of January so, 2012, yes. which seems a long way away, yes. but I'm sure it'll come round very quickly. And of course today, David, being the first Monday in December, we need to draw the winner for November.
1: We do, and I have it in front of me, so we'll mention that oh, after the one o'clock
0: Right, yes. so you've already plunged your hand yes, into the barrel. Okay, so you've got to hang on until after the one o'clock news. And, of course, the final thing is everybody who rings <laughs> up and is part of today's program goes in the draw to win these wonderful things that David's giving away. While I take a bit of a break, David, I'll let okay. you talk about all, right. all those things.
1: And, of course, once again, so close to Christmas, so I've brought in a lovely red poinsettia to give gorgeous, away. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, which, of course, incidentally, is in a red pot as well, so it all coordinates with, um, <laughs> with everything. So. You people
0: in the nursery industry never cease to yes, astound amazing, me, David. You?
1: Yep. So that's the plant I'm giving away today. As well as that, I'm giving away a bag of just a small bag of the lawn food to hopefully get your lawns looking very, very good by Christmas Day. As well as that, of course, all you people that have got tomatoes in, I'm giving away a box of the tomato plant food. This is the soluble one, which you dilute down and use around them every couple of weeks. And as well as that, I've just got a few other little sachets of things in that bag as well to give to one of our callers at, of course, as Phil said, at the end of the program.
0: You do have to be listening at you the do. end of the program, being the key thing there, to find out whether or not you've been the lucky recipient. Um, I think, David, if you're ready to go... Yeah, uh, I'm we've, ready. we've got yep. callers on the line. Okay. Just jot the number down if you're trying to call us and you can't get through, 49216216. David's here till half past one, so you've got plenty of time, but um, if you jot it down, you can give us a ring whenever you feel that there may be um, some... Uh, some free lines we'll let you know about that 49216216 okay david uh first off uh the mark at the moment uh max from barnsley
1: hello max hello david
2: i have a problem with uh fruit drop yes I have a couple of apple trees a ballerina and um, oh, i can't think what the name of the other one is oh, something bill and uh Mango tree that's got uh, came into buds, quite a few blossoms and a few buds, and they dropped off. Even my tomatoes, um, they're coming into flower, and the flowers are dropping off. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I'm either doing something wrong or something, a problem with
1: them. Well, I, I, I don't think you're probably doing anything wrong. I mean, certainly our weather has been very, very changeable, and this does affect things really, really badly, particularly things like tomatoes, where they're used to just a constant temperature at this time of the year to actually push them into flower and push them into fruiting stage. But um, with our temperatures being the way they've been, up and down like a yo-yo, this oh. does affect things very, very badly, because if we're not getting that constant temperature and we get those fluctuating temperatures, it does cause a lot of um, uh, bud drop and, of course, fruit drop as well because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, we're under 20 degrees today where we shouldn't be under 20 degrees. We should be well above uh, 20 degrees for, for this time of the year. So this well, is possible... The, ap-
2: the apples are, oh, about the size of a marble, mm-hmm. something like that, and the ground's covered with them, right yes. you now. Okay, and what, I, what marbles, I was... The flowers are just dropping off the
1: stalk. Yes. Well, what I was going to say with the apples, I mean, certainly with the way the weather has been and we've had so much wet weather and because Barnsley is such a low area, this soil can become a little bit waterlogged even though you may not think it is. Right, yes. uh, So this can often be the problem out in that area as well because right. it's fairly heavy clay ground. Uh, that's going to hold the moisture terribly. Look, certainly, Max, what I'm going to suggest to you is, even even for the fruit trees, is just to water some potash or su- the liquid potash around them because that's remembering the flower and fruit producer. So that's that's that certainly may help you, the situation a little better. And particularly for those tomatoes plants, I mean, every couple right. of weeks is a must to do the the liquid fertilising.
2: Right, Daryl, yeah, well, I've, I've done the potash bit. Good. Uh, Especially around my orange tree, and it seems to be holding out. Okay. The orange, tree. orange
1: trees are a little different. I mean, certainly they're more used to the cooler conditions and the yes. changeable temperatures, but then those other fruiting things, they're due yeah. to fruit and flower in mm-hmm. spring and summer. So, I mean, as I said, our temperatures have been all over the place. Uh, well, all
2: that's about right. uh, the only thing I can do is to put a bit of superglue, is
1: it? <laughs> That's a very good idea, yes. <laughs> well, All right. thanks for that. All meeting. right then, Max. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye Bye. now.
0: Thank you very much, Max. Yeah, my, my tomato, David, I, um, I've i I've eaten a tomato. Excellent, Phil. And it tasted lovely. Uh, but my tomato plant is, I must say, not struggling under the burden of both tomatoes that are left on it now. Oh, so. <laughs> but uh, as you say, it's the, the it's weather. The weather is just really weird. And I'll keep mm. the potash up to it. Yes. And I'll report back to you in January. Very good. Very okay.
1: good, Phil.
0: Right. Um, next up, David, we've got Gail from Abermain. Hello, Gail.
3: Hello, David. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm alive. I'm moving. That's good. (laughs) All this rain, it it just washes all the food out of the garden,
1: doesn't it? Well, look, to a degree it does, Gail, yes. And this is why, I mean, normally I would say to, you know, fertilise things every six to eight weeks. But certainly with as much rain as we've had, it tends to leach a lot of these fertilisers out. Still leave them approximately every six weeks, and then you can just top up with a little bit more fertiliser. All
3: right, Because I haven't fed them for a little bit, okay. but I can see that they're sort of looking like... It's not that long ago that I fed them.
1: Yes. Now, well, certainly, Gail, you can you can still keep the liquid fertiliser up to them, and, of course, that one you're actually adding every couple of weeks to the garden, and that just gives them that little bit of extra push. But certainly with the complete fertilisers, if you fed them about six weeks ago, certainly it wouldn't hurt to go back and feed them again now. All right, then.
3: Okay. Um, another thing, yep. with the fig, Yes. right I can feed that now and it's not going to affect the fruit. It's not going to make it fall off or
1: anything. Well, it shouldn't. If the fruit is already set, just go very careful you don't overdo it with fertiliser because, yes, that will always make them fall off because it just sends them into a little bit of shock. But certainly a little bit of fertiliser won't go astray around it. Yeah,
3: because one fig's got quite a number of figs on it. Mm -hmm. The other one has one little baby fig on it.
1: Oh, yes. And well,
3: that is the first one that's ever got. Okay.
1: All right. One. Well, certainly, as I said, a little bit of fertiliser at the moment wouldn't go astray. All right,
4: then.
1: All right. All right, then. Thank, thank you, Gail. David. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Thank you very much, Gail. Um, we've got Di from Warners Bay on the line now, David.
1: Hello, Di. Hi, David.
4: How are you? Good, thank you. That's good. Um, I'm having a trouble with my lemon tree. Mm-hmm. All the fruits are starting, the little fruits are falling
1: off. Okay.
4: What what can I do to
1: help it? Well, look, certainly the only thing you can do, particularly with citrus trees, is, of course, this time of the year, if you haven't fed it in springtime, it's probably due to be fed well and truly by now. But certainly even if you did feed it in springtime, it is due to be fed once again. So that's going to put all the elements back into the plant again. If you didn't feed it with your potash in springtime, now is a very good time to actually get your potash. That's the the granulated one, not the uh, liquid one. Oh, the
4: powder one. Yeah, that's
1: good. That's That's good. good. That's the one you can add in conjunction with your complete citrus fertilizer. And that will put everything back down into the soil, ready for it to start flowering again.
4: So put it on dry, as I did with my roses. That's right. And and then water it in.
1: That's right, yes. That way it gets it down closer to the root system and starts taking it up fairly quickly.
4: All right, then. Okay, well, I'll do that. One other thing, and I had this last year as well, um, on my cucumber... Um, plant, I'm getting little flowers and they start to develop into a tiny little cucumber and then they shrivel up and die. Mm
1: -hmm. Are they not being pollinated? pollinated. At most of the cases they aren't being pollinated and a simple remedy here is just get um, a little paintbrush and just go from one flower to the next and you're just putting pollen from one flower onto the other and you just keep going backwards and forwards till you do all of the flowers and you can do that every few days depending on how frequent the flowers are coming out on your plant.
4: Okay, so just dip my, my paintbrush into the flower yep. and then, and then go, put it onto another one. That's right, just
1: like a bee would be doing.
4: Oh, okay, so so put it in one flower and into another one and yeah, then, then go, go back. And, yeah,
1: that's right, and just keep right. going from one okay. to the other to all the flowers so you've covered all, right. all the flowers.
4: Okay, we will do. All right. Thank you, David.
1: You're welcome, Di. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Thank you very much, Ty. Lines are available at the moment if you've been trying to get through. 49216216 is the number. Gardening talk back here on 2 R F M. Dorothy from Gateshead is next, David.
1: Hello, Dorothy. Hello, how
5: are you? Good, thank you. Very good. Um, I ring the nursery the other day. I have a gardenia mm-hmm. that the actual buds while they're coming out are actually brown mm-hmm. and they won't flower. Mm-hmm. So I've... I did what you said to do, get the, the, the flowers that have fallen off it and the other flowers that are on it and cut them off. Yes. But there's still heaps of gardenias on it. And you said to spray it with a fungal, because there was a, it was a fungal disease
1: mm-hmm.
5: from the rain. Now, I haven't got the name of...
1: The fungal. F- okay. Fung- what is it? Fungicide. You need a fungicide, and it's simply called mancozeb.
5: Manco... What is it? Mancozeb,
1: yes. M-A-N-C-O-Z-E-B. And you just need to mix that up according to the directions and just spray that over your gardenias. And then you really need to do that again, Dorothy, in another 14 days' time just to make sure you've got on top of that particular problem. Right. In the meantime, of course, you can actually fertilise them just with a liquid fertiliser and that should help the flowers come out for you as well.
5: Right, okay. Because um, as soon as you pick them, you, or you touch them, they die, don't they?
1: That's right, because um, if you pick them, try not to touch the flowers, and right. then quite often they'll last inside for a few days and put that perfume through the, the house, and it's really, well, that's, really lovely. But that's
0: what I want, yeah.
1: yes.
5: Because <laughs> I've just moved into a new house, and there's no anything, Oh, Okay. You know, I've just started putting all these plants in, but one by one they're starting to die. Yes.
1: Now, well, certainly if you just uh, get your fungicide, sprayed, and of course, as I said, with some liquid fertiliser as well.
5: Right. Okay. And David, for this time of the year, what do you suggest are the best flowers for me to put it in?
1: If you're wanting something fairly fast and something that will continue to flower all the way through summer, petunias are probably one of the better things to put in. Right, and okay. they will just give you plenty of colour for the whole rest of the summer season, even into the autumn months.
5: Right, okay. All right, then. Okay. Thank you very much, David. Thanks, Dorothy. Okay, bye-bye, bye-bye. Now.
1: Thank you, Dorothy.
0: Speaking of petunias, David, I was up at Hunter Valley Gardens mm-hmm. on um, Saturday, looking at the uh, the Christmas lights, and uh, and they had huge beds of of petunias. They looked beautiful, mass planted like that. Yes, they, were, they do. They were they were huge. Yeah, and um, yeah, the whole thing up there was lovely on on Saturday night. And um, listening to Elton John in the distance, it, it
1: was <laughs> <laughs> So you got an extra advantage yeah, by going yeah, on Saturday. it was kind of
0: good, yeah. Um, okay, uh, Maureen from Newcastle is on the line now.
1: Hello, Maureen.
6: Oh, hello, David. How are you? I'm um, well, thank you. Good. Uh, David, I live in town and uh, I take care of the um, uh, garden around the restaurants here where I live. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, I'm wondering if you could tell me, if any of the coffee, um, you—I know, don't know what you call it—coffee um,
1: granules that they, yes, yeah, the, the grounds, used one, was, yes, yeah. used mm-hmm. yes, granules,
6: yes, help the garden. They uh, they have been tipping the granules <laughs> that, around the garden, telling me it will keep the bugs away and. But I'm ringing to ask you, uh, you know, is there any elements in it that will... uh you know, help the
7: plants? Well
1: look certainly I mean I've heard of people using coffee granules in their gardens particularly rather than throwing them away. It does actually help the garden. It puts things back into the soil. It uh, aerates the soil. Uh, there's nothing that's got a true feeding element in it but certainly it does actually help the soil and yes sometimes it will keep a few of the bugs away because of the aroma that comes from the old coffee grounds as well. So I don't think it's really going to be a problem. In actual fact it probably will help pots because it will work its way through the soil and be quite beneficial for the soil as well oh, thank so I you. wouldn't worry so I mean they're doing probably a good job for you there in um, putting those <laughs> into the pots for you as well
6: oh okay thanks David yes you know where I am yes <laughs> Yes, and uh, yes, just new management has just moved in here, and uh, no one else d- uh, has done it before, and okay. uh, he uh, started doing it, and I said, what are you trying to do start? that, a, a, a coffee plantation? <laughs> I-
1: oh. Yes, well, in actual fact, as I said, it'll probably do the soil good. I mean, look, to, to a degree, Maureen, I mean, I wouldn't uh, be going overboard with tipping heaps and heaps on there, but certainly, occasionally, it wouldn't hurt them at all.
6: Okay, thank you, David. You're
1: welcome, Maureen. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye
0: Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Maureen. Um, 49216216 is our number. Lines free at the moment. Let's say hello now to Garth from Christley, I think it is, which is near Head and Greeter. David?
1: Hello, Garth. Hello, David.
7: Ho, 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 and Merry Christmas. Thank you. (laughs) David, rhubarb. Yes. The leaves are three foot across. Yes but
1: the stalks aren't covering up okay well quite often with rhubarb sometimes the stalks do not go red there are varieties of rhubarb that are green so you'll probably find they will never go red but certainly that's not a problem because you still pick the rhubarb and still harvest it and used it as normal uh, you can add things to rhubarb when you're cooking it as far as food coloring goes to make it go red But as I said, there are varieties of rhubarb that never go red; they will always stay green. Some
7: some of the stalks are red. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. A few go, but I just can't believe how big the leaves are. Yes, I mean the size of the
1: stalk. Well, in actual fact, that's great. I mean, it's certainly that you've got leaves that size because that means that the rhubarb is very, very healthy. You must be feeding it um, very well, and of course, that's something that rhubarb takes advantage of. a lot of fertiliser makes them grow extremely fast. So, look, as I said, I wouldn't worry too much about it. You can't really do a great deal or add anything to the soil to make the stems redder. It's just a natural occurrence. So it would be right to pick the oven? Oh, by all means, yes, pick oh, okay. it, because the more you harvest rhubarb, the more it's actually going to produce for you. So, so when you're leaving actual leaves on there, you're stopping the new leaves from coming out. So, as I said, you just keep picking it, and it will grow twice as fast for you.
7: Okay, and one more quick one, Tassel Ferns. Yes. Where is the best place? I remember years ago there was a place up near Chichester Dam. Mm -hmm. Um, I went up there the other day for a drive. It looks like it's still going, but it's shut to the public, I'd say.
1: Oh, okay. Well, now there is a a little nursery up near Chichester Dam, um, which, which, I mean, he was a grower of the Tassel Ferns, so it's a wonder... The little nursery's still not selling them, but certainly the only other place that I know that you'll get them is up north, because they're more of a warmer climate thing. You would only see them down this far during the summer months. You certainly wouldn't see them during the winter months, because they don't really take well to our cold winters. But certainly up north, you would see tassel ferns everywhere but yep. uh, more a little bit scarce down in this area. Yeah, I've
2: got six of them. Mm-hmm.
7: Oh, OK. no uh, actually, they're doing quite well. Yes. But, uh, uh, yeah, apparently there's other varieties.
1: Well, there, Yes, there are quite a few varieties, but you don't see as large a quantity of them down this far um, oh, okay. south. So they're more so grown up north.
7: So you could sort of go to the net and have a look on there?
1: Yeah, that, that's actually a very good idea, just go on the net and just see... Um, Bring up Tasselfern and just see whether there's anyone locally that may be, um, may be selling those.
7: OK, then. Thank or, you very much.
1: My pleasure, Garth. Much appreciated. Okay, Bye. Bye-bye now.
0: Thank you very much, Garth. It's 29 minutes to one. Gardening talk back on 2NURFM 103.7. David Peterson from Walls End Community Nursery here to answer those very same questions, 24 minutes to one. We say hello to Margaret from Gateshead. David? H- hello, Margaret.
8: Hi, Margaret. Oh, hi. Sorry.
0: <laughs> You're Margaret, he's David. <laughs> <No. Okay.
8: laughs> you know what? Uh, is there actually um, a homeopathic thing for fungicide? Because, you know, I, lose, I use a lot of chilli sprays on my fruit trees and stuff because I've got lots of chilies and I just grind them up and spray it everywhere. Mm-hmm. But is there a homeopathic Fungicide that we have
1: Well, the only one I know of is actually just made up of uh, milk milk you can dilute some milk with some water, but it's only really a preventive, so it's not really a cure, so that's unfortunately why we have to go to our uh, chemicals to actually get rid of funguses, but certainly just um, some uh, just milk diluted with water and oh, sprayed on sometimes. Yeah. I'm a medical scientist and
8: I, I like I, I mix my you know homeopathic things yep. with my chemistries yes so selenium like you know the um what do you call it the um <clears throat> the fungicides i had big results with um what is it you know that um dandruff shampoo oh okay yellow stuff yes if you ever have tinea or stuff right. you just you know Rinse your feet in um that okay. and it cures most things.
1: All right, we'll mm. certainly try the um the milk the, the milk just with some water and just see mm-hmm. whether you can um get any results from that just by spraying to prevent any fungal diseases. Yeah.
8: And so like with my figs, I've got tons of figs at the moment. And I just scrub them with, you know, detergent, the olive oil, and I've scrubbed my trees and stuff. But mm-hmm. the black spot, you just, you just can't get rid of it. No,
1: no. Well, once again, a, a preventive only with these uh, household products. But certainly once you've got the problem, it's, it, it unfortunately has to go towards a chemical.
8: Oh, I don't mind. I love chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit of a bipartisan. Right. Yeah.
1: All right so, then, Margaret.
8: Well, thank
1: you for that. No problem at all. Yeah. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thank
0: you, Margaret. Yeah, it does seem that, that fungus things are, are very persistent, mm. David, and very, very hard to move, certainly in my garden at the moment. <laughs> okay, uh, to Raymond Terrace now, and Tony is on the
1: line. Hello, Tony. Uh, how are you going? Good, thank you. I've got problems with
7: um, stink beetles on me. Orange tree?
1: Yes. Okay. I have.
7: I've been using that confidor. Yes. But... They've been drinking that and getting
1: bigger. Okay, well, that is really the only one that's recommended for it, Confidor and Conker. Uh, they're the only two that are listed uh, on the shelf for getting rid of shield beetles. So, I mean, just make sure, Tony, when you are spraying for those that you mix up the... Um, product according to the directions never make it two more uh, than what it says because sometimes it doesn't work as effectively so you really must mix the products up spray it onto your tree and make sure you repeat the application again in 14 days time but as i said they are the only two chemicals that are recommended for shield beetles the Confidor and the conquer okay then right. one more
7: one more thing that gentleman that rang up about the rhubarb yes um i have i grow rhubarb and Mine very rarely goes pink. Mm -hmm. And I've got the best taste in rhubarb in Australia.
1: Okay, well, that's good to hear. And i just like to uh, keep mentioning that when people ring up and say it doesn't go red because the green is just as tasteful as the red. Yeah, okay then. All right, thank you very much, Tony. Uh, Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye now.
0: Thank you, Tony. Didn't you used to have some sort of um, cheating thing for turning your
1: your rhubarb red? Yes, yes, you you can use... um, 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 I knew you'd ask me that because um, (laughs) I'm sorry David,
0: I put you on the spot Have a bit of a think about it Yes, thank you Phil Okay but um, yeah, but the green stuff still tastes as good.
1: Oh, it certainly does. Yeah. Yes, the the recipe that I have, of course, is when you're cooking rhubarb, you actually mix it with port wine jelly. Oh, that's that the maybe what you've that, been that's thinking the one. Of, yes, yes and of course think. that will certainly turn it red. That's mm. really a really really nice um, recipe. It would taste nice too. It honestly. is. It's yeah. beautiful.
0: Four nine two one six two one six is our number. If you'd like to give David a ring about anything at all to do with what's growing in your garden or not growing, as the case may be, four nine two one six two one six lines free. At the moment. Um, Elaine from Broke is on the
1: line now, David. Hello, Elaine.
3: Hello there, David. Lovely to speak with you. Thank you. Right. Um, where we are, it's predominantly sand out here. Yes. And uh, I've been, over the last 10 years, been planting a lot of natives, and they're doing well. And uh, they, ha- I have a drip system from my spear point. Mm-hmm. So from a very young age, they've been getting um, slightly little bit of salty drips, and they've coped with it. At their base, near their base, Mm -hmm. and I'm looking to put in an Illawarra flame tree, and I'm just wondering, do you think when I put it in, will I just build the soil up a little bit?
1: Well, of course, with, with, with an, a native mix or yeah.
3: something like
1: no, that. No, look, just that would be certainly fine. I mean, certainly they still grow down this far anyway, so they are still quite a good tree. They may be just a little bit slower, of course, than what they would up yeah, further I've up north. Yeah, I've seen a few around
3: Singleton, yes. which is nearby. Yes, that's
1: right. So, and, I mean, yeah, so long as you've got um, a nice around to blend in with them, they look tremendous flowering together because they flower both exactly the same time as one another yes yes. so yes i think if you just work on the ground build the ground up you should have no trouble at all growing one of those
3: okay then yeah i've got um a few silky oaks growing over on the other side of our block um it's a one acre block Mm -hmm. and, and i thought it'd be all right to put them you know like um Within, say, 15 feet of them.
1: Oh, that should be fine, yes. You shouldn't have any trouble at all.
3: Okay, then. Rightio, then. Thank all you right. very much. You're and welcome. Have a very happy Christmas.
1: Thank you. You and, too. Uh,
3: I wish everyone at two and you are a happy, happy Christmas.
1: That's lovely. Thank you. Okay, then. <laughs> Bye-bye now.
0: Thank you, Elaine. Yes, they're the big three trees, aren't they? The Illawarra the flame tree, the, um, the jacaranda and and the, the silky oak. Yes. They this all, time of year, they just, yes. they're just beautiful together.
1: I mean, the, the flame tree is just magnificent. I mean, but it's it's best if you view it from a distance. It doesn't look the same when you're up close to yeah. it. Only from a distance you've got that beautiful red glow. So it's really, really pretty. Yeah,
0: where I used to live in New Lambton, over on the Meriwether Ridge, there were sort of jacarandas. Oh, somewhere. Yes. Um silky oaks and and uh something red, I assume it was mm. it was oh, it or would have or been, a flames yes. or something rather or and uh yeah as you say, from a distance, just that misty sort of yes. yeah gorgeous thing miss it miss. that it. I'm living over the other side of uh well in lake Macquarie anyway <laughs> uh Jenny from Spears Point is on the line now david
1: hello jenny
9: good good mo- oh, afternoon David how are you
1: good thank you
9: that's good haven't been blown away yet
1: no, no,
9: <laughs> it's trying hard though it
1: is isn't it yes.
9: David, the problem I have, or maybe I haven't, um, my hippie astrums, Mm -hmm. obviously they're finished. How soon after they're finished do I have to let that stem die down
1: or can i cut that back you can actually cut it off once it's finished blooming or once the flowers have finished you can actually cut that stem down because after they finish blooming they then go into seed production so therefore all the energy is then going into the production of the seed which you necessarily don't need anyway so quite often it's a good idea to cut them all the way down into the foliage the stem and then that way all that energy goes back into the foliage ready for the next lot of um, flowers yes and david i
9: want I'm thinking of moving them. Yes. When is the good time to move
1: them? Okay, well, normally you move them, you can move them uh, after they finish blooming, so you can okay. do that now. Otherwise, sometimes they have a period of time where they virtually die back down to nothing, and that's even a better time to move okay. them. So I might
9: wait for a little while and yes. see how it goes. Yes, yes. Um, do they have to have
1: full sun well normally they do grow in full sun the majority of the ones you see growing are growing in full sun because that promotes the flowers on them at flowering periods so but mine are
9: now they're facing direct west yes and i will they will be facing that same direction but they will be under a, a Rabinia mop-top sort of back oh, okay. in Which will give a bit of shade, but it'll get all the sun in the wintertime.
1: Yes, which is, of course, the time when they need the sun mm. to produce the buds ready for flowering. So that should so be should a fine be okay. position, yes.
9: We might give it a blast and see okay. how it goes. If not, it'll get moved again next
1: year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's always that, isn't there? You can always <laughs> right. move them again.
9: There's always something to do. Oh, I can oh, find yes. things to do out there.
1: <laughs> yes, I know, I know. <laughs> Yes, All right, Jenny. Okay, thanks
9: very much, thank David. you. Have a great holiday and a, good, and a
1: lovely Christmas. Thanks very much, Jenny.
9: Bye-bye.
1: We'll say hello
0: to John from Adamstown Heights. Hello, John.
10: Good morning, David. How are you? Good, thank you. David, um, I have a... Uh, I, want, I need some advice in relation to a gardenia. Mm-hmm. Florida, F-L-O-R-I-D-A. Yes. It's the large double flower. Now, generally, I tip prune it each year to give it, you know, sort of keep it in shape. Now, with the large number of blooms that I have, uh, the shrub is now out of shape and with the rain and the branches have dropped down uh, and because of, uh, as I said, the unprecedented amount of rain we've had uh, and the number of buds, it's it's really out of shape. So my question is... um, When finished blooming, to what extent can I trim the gardenia back to give it some shape and not interfere with the actual integrity of the plant?
1: Okay. Well, normally what I'd suggest with gardenias, of course, we get them flowering twice a year. We get them in this summer period, and we also get a spring flowering period. After our summer flowering period, normally I'd suggest just to prune it back to put it into some sort of reasonable shape, which you can do quite easily after flowering, because the main pruning occurs after our spring flowering season. You can prune it back extremely hard. But at this time of the year, as I said, just put it back into some sort of reasonable shape by pruning it, and then just feed it up to try and push a little bit of growth back into it before we get back into the winter weather. But look, certainly it's not... It's not um, going to harm it by pruning it back too severely, John, but certainly do it so that the plant just looks a little bit more bushier than what it probably does at the moment.
10: Okay, thanks kindly. I have another question, if, if mm-hmm, possible. Sure. Um, water crystals, the use of water crystals uh, on Sir Walter Buffalo. Uh, I've got that and I'm on a slight slope and it's, it, the, the retention of water uh, in the turf is nowhere near as good, of course, that with the uh, lawn that's on the flat. So is it, would, that, would that be harmful at all, any water crystals to the
1: water? Because it can be a bit sensitive, that buffalo. Well, look, yes, buffalo can be sensitive, but no, not towards water crystals because they are a natural product, particularly okay. a product called saturate, which is the product that opens the pores and then allows this to go down into the root system and then reverses and holds the moisture. So more so, the saturate would be a really good product to use on what, grass. What, what's the name of that? It's called saturate. Um, oh, and okay. It, mm-hmm. And it's available in uh, a couple of different sizes, uh, so that's an easy product. Once you get it out of the container or bag, it just looks like sawdust. You sprinkle it over, you water it in, and it does all the work for you. But no, certainly that wouldn't affect the buffalo in any way. Oh, that's, that's
10: excellent. Okay, thank you kindly. You're welcome. I'd just like to thank too, and you are, for the uh, program that they have each each Monday, and also for your uh, uh, good advice that you give everybody. I, I certainly enjoy it, and I'm sure there's plenty of listeners too. So, oh, thank I'd you So I'd like very to wish much. you all a Merry Christmas, and thanks again for... Um, uh, 2011.
1: Oh, thanks very much, John, for those kind words. Okay.
10: Thank you um, kindly. Okay. Bye-bye now. Bye now. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, John. Yes, um, your last program, David, but David Pondman around uh, next Monday yep, for the right. very last gardening program for uh, for this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, uh, in all the disappointment about the uh, the upcoming weather, I forgot to do a weather update for our sponsor, Gould's Building Supplies. Five great locations, Newcastle, Maitland, Singleton, Musselbrook and Scone. 18 degrees for Cessnock at the moment. Oh, 19 at Tocal. 17 degrees for Williamtown, 16 at Nobbies and 19 degrees on the Central Coast. Um, next on the line, it's Mary from
1: Toronto. Hello, Mary.
9: Oh, hi, David. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, yes, I enjoy your show too, very oh, thank much. You. <laughs> <laughs> I reiterate what the previous caller said. Um, in front of my house, I have a tree which I'm told is called Yesterday, Today and Tomorrow. Yes. Now, is that a member of the Tipicina family? No. No.
1: No, it's just um, the botanical name for it is called Brunsfelsia.
9: Uh, Yes, it
1: is, uh, particularly when you've got the three different coloured flowers on it. They should be nearly finished by now, if not already, and then Um. they'll... They'll just oh, go. Oh,
9: it's still got lots of buds. Oh, on.
1: okay, excellent. Well, that's very, very late flowering. Then, in that case, mm. uh, but yeah, it's a great little plant. I mean, there's a few different varieties in them now. Once they finish blooming, you can just give it a light prune back, and mm-hmm. away it goes again for the next oncoming season. Oh,
9: lovely! It's just so pretty. Yes,
1: it is. So it is a bronze felsier.
9: Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Right. All right.
1: Um, one more question. Okay. Sure.
9: I have lots of. Um, Federation daisies now mm-hmm. I did ask i talked to you oh, a few weeks back about um, the flowers that w- were not very strongly coloured mm-hmm. um, and i 've been putting the potash on them, yes, and they seem to be seem to have lifted up a little bit. How can I keep those going all through the year? Or or is that not
1: possible? No, it is possible. Very, very possible with the daisy bushes. Basically, all you need to do they'll have a flush of flowers and then when the flowers start to die off, you get your head shears out and just give it a shear over so you're just taking all the buds off or I'll I'll do that sort of
9: you know on a weekly
1: basis okay well you can do the do it all at once if you wanted to wait till at a particular time until all the flowers have practically died then you shear it over and you'll Mm -hmm. find underneath there'll be a whole lot of new buds coming up to flower again and this is the thing with the federation daisies that they do constantly flower off and on right through the season
9: Mm, they're lovely they
1: are yes they're tremendous
9: Okay then, thank right. very much.
1: Thank you very much, Mary. Happy Christmas. Thank you, you as well. Thank you. Bye, bye, bye for bye. now.
0: Thank you, Mary. Um, to Millfield is uh, we, where we go next, and Thelma is waiting on the line.
1: Hello, Thelma.
11: Hello, David. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you.
11: That's good. I have a very odd thing that's happened with my roses, mm-hmm. particularly um, when, when they're in flower, particularly on Pink and red ones. Mm-hmm. there's, I don't know. Some insects. I, I don't know what they are. They they form like a very fine hair net all over the, the the flower, tucked right in underneath. And then these little green, very small insects are dotted all over the net. Have you seen anything like
1: that? Well, just just going from that description, I'm wondering whether it could be a little bit of just um, red spider mite that's on them because they sometimes do form a very, very fine little net or, um, you know, very, very fine indeed. So, But normally, yeah, sorry, normally you can't see the insects. That's the only thing. Oh, I see. So whether it might be some thrips that are also on the roses as well, but normally with uh, thrips you would have them particularly on the lighter shades of roses rather than the darker <laughs> than ones. the darker so, ones. Yes.
11: I thought they might be thrips because yes. I've never seen anything like. I took it to my um, local nursery mm-hmm. and they just said, oh, we've never seen anything like that Oh, okay, that okay. And I thought, well, maybe you would have come
1: across. Yes. It. Well, look, certainly, uh, Thelma. All I can suggest is that you just use one of your general rose sprays on them, because that is basically used to control a lot of different insects that occur on roses. So, do you know whether you've tried to use one of those or well, not? Well,
11: I have done now. Since okay. but the, the lassie there said to me, look, uh, cut them back, and. Give them a good spray and yes. you'll get a new flush for Christmas.
1: That's right, yes. <laughs> well, anyway, you've done the right thing for them, but, um, yes, it would have been good to see Please. this particular insect yes, infestation. if I so. could have
11: gotten to you, I would, yes, thank it was you. A, a very strange
1: thing. Yes, well, hopefully it doesn't happen again for you.
11: I hope not. Okay.
1: All right, Thelma. Good. Well, thank you thank for you your help, call. David. Bye-bye. Thank you, you too. <laughs> Bye-bye.
0: Thank you, Thelma. And um, Rosie from Core Letters now
1: on the line. Hello, Rosie.
12: Hello, David. Um,
1: yes. <laughs> you still there, Rosie? <laughs> Sorry. You forgot what you were going That's to ask difference. me. Pardon? You forgot what you were going to ask me.
12: Well, I just took the vegetables off the stove oh. and it distracted me
1: a moment. I was <laughs> back on track. All right.
12: But, <laughs> I've got two tree ferns. Yes. And they both seem—they seem to be different from each other. One's quite skinny yes. and is growing tall, and I've got my cymbidiums um, growing on them, orchids, yes, you know, dendrobiums, and the other one um, seems to grow little tree ferns off its trunk. Okay. Are they different?
1: Well, they they possibly could be. I mean, there's a few different varieties of tree fern, but two distinctive ones where one's a very long, thin trunk and the other is a very thick trunk. But certainly sometimes you will get little tree ferns growing off the side of any of your tree ferns and you can actually just cut those off very, very carefully uh, and transfer them into a pot or somewhere else in the garden and they will start to grow as well. But otherwise, you can leave them on the tree fern and they will just continue to send out foliage and make the plant how
12: much, how much um of the trunk of the other one do you of the parent
1: one do you need to cut just off? a little bit so you're just shaving the the new little plant off and taking a bit of the parent plant as well and then Ooh. that just needs to be planted into the ground <gasps> isn't
12: that
1: wonderful yes so you never know you could be uh, propagating <sighs> new tree ferns yes yes i've just got
12: find room for them. Oh, right. <laughs> um, and the thin one, he doesn't do the same.
1: No, the cooperite tree fern, which is probably the thin one, doesn't normally do that like the, the thicker stemmed tree fern. Oh, that's
12: a bit of a shame. Mm. And the other thing is, I've heard the Daphnes don't like being moved.
1: That's correct. If you've got oh. it growing, never even attempt to um, to move it, because otherwise you will lose it.
12: Right. Okay. And Evanderaya...
1: Uh, Vanda raya, which I think you're—it's uh, probably the tropical rhododendron. Yes. Mm. Uh, well, certainly you can move that, but be a little bit careful in doing so.
12: Could
1: I do it now? Yes, now would be a good time to do it before we get right into the peak of summertime. But as I said, be very careful. Water it in well and then, of course, water it in with some sea salt to stimulate the roots back to life again. And
12: do they like rich soil?
1: They don't mind rich soil, but certainly in your area, that would be perfect soil for them as long as you've put some compost into the soil as well.
12: Oh, good on you. Thank you so much, David. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye.
0: Thank you very much, Rosie. David Peterson from Walls End Community Nurseries here for his last um, chance at Gardening Talkback for the year. David Pondman coming along for the final show next week. Uh, but David, um, very important thing to do now. The winner of uh, 2 URFM's Gardening Walkback for the month of November.
1: Yes. Sir. Drum roll. <laughs> it goes to Alan Squires of Dudley. Congratulations, Alan. Uh, Two and you are will be in touch with you very, very soon.
0: So Alan Squires from Dudley, yeah. well done. And, um, yep, you'll get David to come around to your place and give you some advice on your garden. And, of course, all you need to do if you'd like to be in the draw for uh, the combined um, uh, December-January draw is give us a call sometime on Gardening back the next uh, next week, the remainder of today or uh, when we come back on the 30th of January and you'll be in the draw for the next 2NURFM Gardening Walkback um, I should just say if you uh, can't give us a call for any reason at all with a gardening question you can email it to us gardening at 2NURFM.com will find us or well, you can fax it to us on 49217158. Or you can even post it to us, gardening at 2NURFM, University Drive, Callahan 2308. And uh, you can also check out all David's uh, responses to all the questions. Um, hear all these programs again on the podcast. If you just go to 2NURFM's website and follow the prompts, you'll be able to do that straight away. Um,
1: okay,
0: are we ready yep, to go, David? I'm certainly ready again, uh, Okay, let's say hello to Don from Lemon Tree Passage.
1: Hello, Don. Hi, David, how are you going? Good, thank you.
7: You've probably answered this question a thousand times. Tomatoes. Yes. Right? Um, mine are going great, right? but when it comes to the flowers, the flowers are coming... But they're shriveling up and falling off.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, well, I mean, look, it has been very, very common this year for that to happen, and the main reason is because of the weather conditions that we're getting at the moment. Today right. is extremely cold, yes. because I've just been out for my little walk between the break, <laughs> and I can assure you it is quite very... very and good. raining too yes, here at yes, the university. a shower of rain yeah, yeah. as well. So, I mean, look, because we're under 20 degrees today and that's not good for tomatoes because they like temperatures above the 20 degrees. So this always affects the flowers dramatically. So don't despair for all those people that have got tomatoes, the flowers are falling off. It's only due to the weather. We need the weather temperature wise to be above 20 degrees for them to flower and fruit successfully. But certainly, Don, you can just give them a little bit of a push-along just by feeding them every couple of weeks just with a liquid fertiliser. That just pushes a little bit of extra energy into them besides hopefully getting the sunshiny days.
7: Right. Okay. (laughs) It's the first
1: time it's happened. Yeah, well, this year's been really weird, very, very Mm. weird because, I mean, look, we've had 38 degrees, as you can recall, probably a few weeks ago, and now, of course, we're well under 20 degrees for during our daytime temperatures, and that's just unheard of during this time of the year. Yeah, I, know. I know. Very strange. All right, well thank you very much for that. My pleasure, Don. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you, Don. Four nine two one six two one six. Lines are free at the moment. I was talking to somebody on Friday, David, and her um, I, it was her first Christmas in Newcastle that mm-hmm. she's coming up to. She comes from a colder part of the world. And uh, and she said, is it always like this, <laughs> this time of year in Newcastle? I think she'd been living somewhere else in, in Australia for uh, a few months. And, and I said, no, this is very unusual. Very. And The uh, rate
1: we're going, we'll have snow one year for Christmas. Yes,
0: dreaming of a white Christmas. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you won't
1: have to travel across to the other side of the world no. to experience Well, this
0: young lady was saying her brother has come out to visit her for Christmas, and he was really looking forward to <laughs> a sunny Christmas on the beach. And uh, um, unfortunately, it looks like he, he might miss out on well, that Well, There's one. a few weeks to go yet. Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll keep our fingers yeah. crossed. The whole thing may change, which yes, would, would be will. nice. Okay, uh, Jennifer from Belmont is on the line now.
1: Hello, Jennifer.
6: Oh, hi, David. I have a tomato question too, Uh, apart from the flowers shriveling and uh, (laughs) dying back. um, Some of the leaves are turning um, brown and then they just shrivel as well. Um, The top shoots are still... Alive, but I just wonder if it's a fungi or
1: what would cause that. Okay, what I've been suggesting as a precaution, particularly for tomatoes this year, is that because the weather has been so unusual, because we've had high humidity and rain, we've had so many seasons in one, it's a very, very good idea with tomatoes in particular as to every couple of weeks just spray them with some mancozeb now mancozeb is a fungicide but it's if you don't have any problems with your tomatoes still it's probably recommended to give them a spray with some mancozeb because that's going to stop any disease from getting onto them particularly fungal disease even if you don't have a sprayer mix it up in a watering can and water it over the foliage so it runs down into the soil as well so that's going to get the fungicide into the soil to prevent any fungal diseases as well we are often faced every year with problems with tomatoes. It's probably one of the... Besides citrus, tomatoes are probably the two most important things, question-wise, that I get on the show every week. So, yes, so just treat them with a fungicide. That should prevent that from going any further. You'll always get a certain amount of browning at the leaves, particularly on the bottom of the tomatoes, because yep. all the energy is going to the tomatoes as well as the top of the foliage. So always the lower part of the tomato plant the leaves will tend to go brown anyway
6: oh fine i've got um spinach growing in the garden with the tomatoes and i did have tomatoes in the garden last year as well the same little garden patch i just wondered if that had anything to do with it
1: Not at all. As long as you've used a crop in between them, that's fine. But look, now that you've mentioned spinach, I know this year also with the spinach, they've suffered greatly with fungal diseases with lots of little spots all over the foliage of the um, silver beet, And that, once again, is a fungal disease. So if you've got your spinach next to the tomatoes, Mm -hmm. just have a look at those. If there's anything with disease on them, just pick all those old leaves off. Spray those as well as the tomatoes with your fungicide just as a precaution
6: fine so i should persevere with the tomatoes by just cutting off all the dead i would yeah because red. still
1: only very early in the season for tomatoes as of yet
6: all right well thank you very much david my pleasure i enjoy your show
1: thank you bye bye jennifer
0: bye yes you're giving us all hope david which is wonderful <laughs> 49216216 on gardening talkback. Jeanette from tookely is on the line now
1: hello Jeanette.
6: Hello, David. I really enjoy your show.
1: Thank you. Um,
6: and I got quite excited this morning because I've been wanting to find out about tree fern.
1: Oh, okay. We
6: have a courtyard, and um, when it started to be discussed this morning, I thought that I was going to get the answer, but I didn't really. And we, we've got one tree fern that we put in, and we don't know a great deal about gardening, but uh, we chose this, this thin one.
1: The cooper eye, yes.
6: And it's now growing a little bit too tall. We wanted it to be a bit more stunted. Can Mm -hmm. we cut that off and will it sprout again or will uh, we destroy it if we such a thing
1: okay well if you cut the tree fern off the bottom part generally doesn't regrow again it's just it just stays there and sometimes people often grow things on the stump but certainly the top part that you cut off with most tree ferns you can actually stick that back into the ground and it will regrow again for you giving you another plant but you've got to cut all the foliage off as well so you're basically starting from scratch again to regrow a new tree fern (laughs)
6: then. Thank you very much. It was just
1: a short question. No, that's fine. You've answered it. Very good. Good. Thank Thank you very much, Jeanette. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you very much, Jeanette. Um, Earl from Woodbury is on the line now.
1: Hello, Earl. Yeah. Hello. Uh,
13: How are you? Good.
1: Um, Thank you. Just a quick couple
13: of little things about fruit fly. Yes. I made a couple of those traps up with the funnel and mm-hmm. that out of a couple of 1.5 litre bottles. Yes. When you put your mixture of um, cloudy ammonia and so forth in, uh, a couple inches in the bottom of it, do you leave the cap on like I thought if you left the cap on uh, it would be better than taking it off because they'd go straight in and out
1: wouldn't they no well they generally what what you do is you cut the actual funnel part off the top and invert that back in so you're creating a funnel within the actual bottle but then rather than even doing oh wait on
13: oh I see
1: yes you,
13: you... I, I cut a hole in the side okay. and poke it in the side well you, so you actually cut the top of the bottle off and make
1: it the funnel by turning it over. now were well, you actually going to you 've just answered the my, my statement that I was going to say to you if you didn't want to cut the top off, you can just put a couple of holes in the side of the bottle, which is what you 've done, and then once the fruit fly comes into the bottle, they can 't find their way out so you 've actually done probably one of the two methods of um, of of using the bottle so you can actually punch so I it. Made it. I
13: used two bottles to make one funnel, like oh. to make one trap, you see.
1: Oh, okay. right then. I, I, I
13: cut one bottle off and kind of hold in the side of the second and poke the funnel in.
1: Oh, okay then. Right, okay. Now, all that's so, fine. As long as they um, have a funnel to go into, they generally can't find their way back out again. So, yeah. But now that's yeah, fine. I just thought it would have diluted it. Every rain if you let the cap off. Oh, I see, yes. No, well, certainly it doesn't really matter, but um, so long okay. as you can just keep replacing the product in the bottle every yeah, so often. Well, uh, every how often? Well, it's up to you. It. I mean, once you've got a lot of flies in the trap, just tip that out and just renew it with some more new product. Yeah, it'll go a bit stale after a couple of weeks anyway. Uh, I, would, I would think so, yes. I mean, you'd, you would normally have to do it every couple of weeks anyway. Yeah. All right, that's about it. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks, Earl. Bye. Bye, Bye for now. Thank you,
0: Earl. Yep. Death to all fruit flies. I must admit, my um, I've been doing the pineapple juice on my tomato. Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> there, I, I can say there was no fruit fly I'm in my tomato. I'm to see
1: that you're going to so much trouble for yes, one well, tomato.
0: Well, film. you know, I'm doing it properly, David. I'm determined <laughs> to do it properly. Okay, four nine two one six two one six is our number. Ten minutes to go before David has to leave us. Pat from Fern Bay is on the line now.
1: Hello, Pat.
6: Oh, hello, David. My husband would like to know if there's any onions that are not as hot. Just a mild onion to grow?
1: The red ones. The red ones. Oh, yes, grow the red ones. The red ones are so very, very mild and they even look better, I think, than the white or brown all onions right. because Salads of the colour. And
9: stuff like that. Yeah,
1: even. look, they're, they're tremendous. They are extremely mild. They've got no real heat in them at all like the brown or the whites.
6: All right, we had some white ones, and they said, you know, they just taste like apples, but <laughs> I've just cut <laughs> one. And, <laughs> and I love onions, but they don't taste like <laughs> apples.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, some right, of them can be...
6: Brand, any particular name of the there's, onions?
1: It's just called a Spanish red. <clears throat>
6: just a Spanish red? Yes, yes. Okay, David. All right. Thank you very much. You're
1: welcome, Pat. Bye bye -bye now.
0: Thank you, Pat. Yeah, I think they actually refer to them as salad onions. Yes. I think so, but I know they're
1: just called Spanish Mm, red onions. They're really beautiful, aren't they? I love
0: onions. They're terrific. Uh, We seem to run out of calls, David. So um, this is probably a good time to run through uh, our duties in the garden uh, at the moment.
1: Last-minute things, of course, um, for getting closer to Christmas is fertilising, fertilising, mm. liquid fertilising, as we are probably mentioned on the program today, particularly for... Vegetables, I think because, I mean, with a lot of things that are happening at the moment, we've all got our summer vegetables in. And, of course, there's a lot of things playing havoc with our summer vegetables, particularly because yes. of the weather conditions. Yes. So just to perk those along a little bit, just a little bit of liquid fertiliser every couple of weeks won't go astray. Uh, and that will just keep perking them along until we get the summer weather again, which <laughs> I don't know when that will be. Uh, yeah. uh, but certainly, yeah, just keep that liquid fertilising up. The same thing applies to the lawn. Certainly you can give them... A some liquid fertiliser that keeps them looking at their best. Remembering too, I mean look, the lawns have been growing extremely fast Mm -hmm. so make sure you don't let your lawns get too long and lanky because when you go to prune them, you're just going to prune all that beautiful growth off and end up with a fairly deadish looking lawn so keep your lawn down fairly neat and tidy, even if you have to go to the trouble of um, doing it twice a week just to keep it looking good Uh, and of course plenty of mulching, don't forget the mulching now that we're nearly finished our programs, keep mulching all the way through summer to keep things uh, cool and moist. And those weeds put down, of course, because right. that's something else that's growing oh, really they're, quickly. They're just
0: hurtling up from yeah. the ground, aren't they? Um, would you uh, liquid fertilise uh, flowering plants as well at this time of year, just to perk them along a bit for Christmas?
1: You could do that. You mm. could do that just to keep the, get the colour in them a little bit better. But certainly if you've put a good complete fertiliser on them, right. like some organic life, that should continue to work all the way through the summer season and keep them looking at their very best.
0: Excellent. Okay. Um, Let me see. Uh, We've got somebody here. I'm not entirely sure who it is, but we'll just say hello. You're talking to David.
10: Hello, David. This is Doug here,
7: and I'm from Maitland.
1: Hello, Doug. What can I do for you?
7: Uh, I have a question about zucchinis. I had a zucchini vine, uh, and it had quite a few sort of half-grown zucchinis on it, and they all went rotten on the end.
1: Yes. Okay, this is a very, very common thing for zucchinis, particularly once again when we get very, very wet sort of conditions it just tends to cause a fungal disease and I wouldn't be surprised if you don't have a white powdery substance over the foliage of your zucchinis as well. So sometimes it's a very good idea, as you probably heard me mention earlier, every couple of weeks, particularly the way the weather's been, just to use some mancozeb over your vegetable yeah, garden.
7: I've
1: been doing that. Good. So just take Take off the really badly affected ones or the rotten ones and keep the fungicide up to your vegetable garden. That should clear up the problem for you. Another thing sometimes that does happen is that the zucchinis don't pollinate properly and the zucchinis get to a very small stage and they just rot off and just, uh, just virtually go rotten. So sometimes to take care of this, if you've got zucchinis on or zucchini flowers on, you can self-pollinate them yourself just by using a little paintbrush just to take pollen from one flower to another and that sets the pollen and and, and um, fertilizes the flowers for you okay then all right thank you thank You're you welcome. very much okay bye. bye-bye now bye
0: thank you very much doug um to Warrabrook next jenny is on
1: the line hello jenny
6: hello david um i have trouble with my strawberry plant i've got a very healthy plant but no flowers,
1: no fruit. Okay, then. Well, of course, whenever, we, whenever I hear somebody say they don't get any flowers or fruit, it's obviously something that's missing in the soil, and that will be potash, as you've heard me mention before. Right. So, Jenny, all you really need, need to do is just um, get just the liquid potash. It is available in liquid now that you can dilute down every couple of weeks and water over your strawberries, and right. that's basically designed to help promote the flowers into the fruiting stage of your strawberries. Oh, that sounds too easy. It nice isn't simple. I know that's what I'm. That's what I say. It's very, very simple. Just a matter of doing it every couple of weeks, and within no time, you should have flowers and more fruit. Okay, so
6: that's liquid. Um, just
1: liquid potash. potash. Yes.
6: Yep. Okay, shall do. All right. Thanks, Thanks Jenny. you very much. Bye bye. Bye.
0: Yes, easy fix there for Jenny. Um, next up, once again, I'm not entirely sure who it is, but we'll take potluck and say hello.
1: You're talking to David. Hello. Hello yes.
0: there.
9: This is Laura from Morriset.
1: Hello, Laura. What can I do for you?
8: Um, I've, I've got, had these uh, white uh, plants in a pot called White Princess. They're called, they've got another name. It's a big name. O R N I T H Okay. I know
1: exactly what you're referring to. Yes.
8: Well, yesterday I cut them back because they've finished, they've sort of, with the weather, I think they've all finished flowering. Yes. I want to know what to do now, whether to take them out of the pots and put something else in or leave them in.
1: Okay. Um, Well, normally with those, they're just a spring flowering thing. So once they're finished flowering, that's it for the season. They won't reflower until next spring. So you can either wait until the foliage dies back down and dig them up. Otherwise, you can just plant something else in the pot around them on top of them. Yeah, just like some annuals that are going uh-huh. to give you some color for the summer months because that won't affect the bulb. It won't. And it'll just they'll just continue growing flower for you and then you'll take those out put some winter ones in and then of course the um, bulbs will come up next winter time ready for spring flowering again.
12: Oh, so they only they only, only
1: a spring. They're only, only a spring, spring flowering spring thing. flower. They're yes. a
12: pretty flower. Aren't
1: they beautiful and particularly when you've got a mass of them they look spectacular. That's right, yes. Yeah.
8: I did, yeah. Okay, then. All right. Thanks a lot for that. Pardon? Thank you very much. Look, it's my
1: pleasure. It's my pleasure, Laura. Have a
9: nice Christmas.
1: Thank you. You as well. Bye-bye now. Bye. Well,
0: thank you, Laura. And uh, our last caller for today, David. Gee, they're busy in the gardens out at Gateshead today. It's Daryl from
1: Gateshead. Hello, Daryl. Hi, David. How are
13: you? Good, thank you. Hi, buddy. I've grown some... Tiger lily bulbs for yes. the first time,
1: mm-hmm. and they've all finished flowering. Yes, and I was wondering, uh, do I let the stems completely die off? Or do I cut them back? Okay. You must let the stems completely die off because once again with most bulbs, all of the energy that's in those stems and leaves goes back into the bulb ready for next season's flowering. So wait until they've gone at least brown and then you can cut those stems back. And quite often with most people, they just dig the bulbs up and store them because with tiger lilies, uh, they can easily get lost in the ground. So then you just plant them again next season. But yep, wait until they've completely Died down before you actually cut that stem off.
13: Okay, thanks very much,
1: David. You're welcome, Daryl. Thank you for your call. Bye bye. Bye bye now.
0: Thanks very much, Daryl. Wow. Okay. A busy morning there, David. And before you go on your holidays, you've got one more (laughs) job left to do, and that's to choose somebody to be the recipient of these wonderful things that you are giving away. Just run through them again for us. Okay.
1: All right. Well, it just consists of the beautiful poinsettia at this time of the year, a red poinsettia in a nice red pot. I've got a bag of the fertiliser. That's the complete fertiliser, lawn fertiliser, and a container of the tomato food, which is the soluble one, as well as other sachets in that bag as well I'm going to give it right back to uh, one of our very first callers Di from Warners Bay now Di rang us quite early in the, in the, in the program about uh, a lawn fertiliser and some cucumber problems that she had. So hopefully this will go uh, really well with her. So, Di, all you really need to do is just pop along to Walls End Community Nursery. That's on the corner of Crowdus and Lake Road Walls End. One condition is try and get in before next Monday's program where the other David will have a gift to give away next Monday.
0: That's right. David Pondman, along next Monday uh, for the last program. Gardening talk back for uh, 2011. So, David, you're um, off on holidays and then the Christmas break.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And uh, we'll see you again on the 30th of January. So So, I'd just like to say um, thanks for all your help, for all the gardeners at the Hunter over the the last 12 months. We've all enjoyed ourselves tremendously. And I'm sure our gardens are doing so much better (laughs) for it. I'd like to wish you a really good holiday and uh, a very Merry Christmas and we'll see you in the new year.
1: Thank you. And you too, well, And, of course, to all those listeners out there that have um, put up with me for the last... (laughs) 12 months i hope i have helped you in some way throughout the 12 months and i'll be looking forward to joining you next year on gardening talkback so merry christmas everyone